Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome to episode 14 of Ros Jones' Bold Business Bits podcast show. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Paula Grizzard of Women in Business Network. Hear how she went from international economic development management consultant to the owner of the Yorkshire Women in Business Network franchise. She's a great networking coach, continually evolving her business to produce more value for her members. And what do you think about her advice to women, which is to think big and be ambitious? Listen on and enjoy our show. Hello and welcome to Paula Grizzard of Women in Business Network Yorkshire. Hello, Paula. Hi, Ross. Lovely to be here. Thanks so much for coming over. Paula, tell me about Women in Business Network. Women in Business Network is a national network of business women who meet regularly every month over lunch because everybody needs lunch and often we don't bother to have lunch because we're so busy um, with their bits business hats on ready to work together collaborate and pass business between them it's a way of women getting together meeting their peers and hopefully gaining business connections which in time will lead to business that's the formula yeah brilliant why does it have to be women only is there any benefit of having a women-only uh, network? I think women, from my experience, and I come from a world in which I worked previously where there weren't a great many women, I find that the women I meet through the network do want, need, crave their own business space. And that's primarily because a number of them, like me, have worked in non-traditional areas where perhaps they have struggled to have their voices heard. And they want to come to a network where they can talk to like-minded women uh, who are credible, who have perhaps been where they are now, but, but are perhaps a little bit further forward, can provide peer support. And they're comfortable because they can talk about issues that relate very specifically to women. For example, many women are still the main carers in their family, even in, you know, where we are in the 21st century, it still seems to be the case. Yeah. Uh, not just childcare, elder care is massive, as, as many of us have uh, parents still alive uh, as, as we grow into our 50s and sometimes beyond that. So um, the women in our network who are very like-minded uh, across the country where there is uh, a network group do get a great deal of sucker, really, support mm -hmm. through the network. And it's not just often about business. It is more broadly about peer support. Yeah, and building relationships. Building relationships. And I think the, the kind of conversations that are the... Um, they're at the side of the meetings, if, if, if you like, yeah. before and after the meetings, are often about some of the issues that aren't very pertinent yeah. to women, yeah. not just business issues, but life issues. And yeah. you just don't get that in a more mixed 
networking environment. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree. I agree with that. I, I go to both women-only networking events and and mixed, and I, I do. And there is a difference. In the, there's pros and cons, I guess, of each, um, but there is definitely a marked difference in the, in the women-only, and it does feel very supportive. And I think, I mean, I too go to other networks, and I go to other events. Um, for my own personal development, and yes, the vibe is very, very different. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it, one needs both. You yeah. don't just yeah, need one or the other. And I do very strongly feel that conversation, as the kind of conversation I've just said, is very important to women. It, it should actually include men. Absolutely, yes, it should. <laughs> shouldn't yes. exclude men. Yeah. Uh, those conversations about equality, about inclusivity, and about support should of course include yeah, men as definitely. well but um that space currently i think is required by many many women not all yeah. women but many women yeah and um so how long is it since you um since you bought this franchise so i bought the franchise almost exactly five years ago 5th of june okay uh, i okay, signed the contract mm-hmm. for yorkshire uh the at that point women in business network was very southeast and London focused. They were very keen, head, headquartered in Hertfordshire, very keen to grow the model outside of, of that area. Um, they were already um, starting to move up the country, so they were in the East Midlands just, uh, and were very keen to move north. So I had not heard of a women business network. Somebody told me about it. Mm-hmm. I had always done a lot of networking in terms of my, my previous life, my previous role, and went along to sample in the East Midlands what uh, a meeting was like, and I was blown away by it oh, wow. because I had never experienced structured networking, which mm-hmm. is what we offer, which is very different from the more conventional networking of, of coming to a meeting, um, perhaps hearing an inspirational speaker, meeting a small number of people, grabbing their business cards and then going. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, again, is very valuable and I still do that, but different from the offering for the business network. I loved it, loved what I saw and that sold me and that's why I bought the franchise because mm. I thought it was bringing something different to, to Yorkshire for yeah. women. Yeah. There's a few groups now, aren't there? How many do you have in in Yorkshire? Currently, we have ten groups. Wow, okay. We are very much into consolidating those groups to make sure they are all what's the word, buzzy, workable, yeah. um, strong business groups. Yorkshire is a is an interesting proposition because it's such a massive area yeah. mm. and hugely different. I mean, West Yorkshire yeah. is massively different from North Yorkshire, which is very different from South Yorkshire. Um, and East Yorkshire. And East Yorkshire is a different proposition yeah. again. In all honesty, some places work better than others. Mm-hmm. Having initially opened a large number of groups, a bit like the supermarket model, you try out lots of different places and, and then the better, stronger ones yeah. carry the least strong ones and then eventually you have to make a decision to say, okay, where does our model work best? Who gets us best? Because it's the model is not for everybody. Uh, We really are best suited to not necessarily a startup business, but businesses who have been going a little while and who understand networking and the value of networking as a marketing tool and have the money to pay for that because we're membership. So you have to have a certain maturity in your thinking 
as a business to get that. Yeah. Uh, so currently we have 10 groups and always looking at how best to develop those groups and provide best value for our members. Yeah. What's your plans then? Is it continue growing or is it to buy another territory? I don't know. Not to buy another territory, but to, to keep adding value to the groups that we have. Yeah. And the spin-offs, if you like, we've developed a range of spin-offs um, and they really came about because we started to look at the kind of sectors that were represented within our groups. Yeah. We, we have a lot of finance companies in a number of our groups and not many property companies within our groups. We started to look at the makeup of the different groups and the different businesses and decided that what we would um, establish was a series of what we call women in events. So okay. we started with women in property, then women in finance. Uh, we're now doing women in HR, recruitment, coaching. We're going to be doing a women in law. These are all obviously sector-specific events where we bring together professionals or female professionals and leaders within those sectors together to enable them to meet yeah. uh, off-piece, if, 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 yeah. if, if you like, uh, in a more relaxed networking environment with a chance to learn some top tips from somebody who uh, has a good perspective on the sector. So, for example, uh, last week we ran uh, our latest Women in Property at a property company over in Nairsborough. And we had two great presentations. One was from the CIOB. Please don't ask me what to think. It's just come out of my memory, but it's an industry-specific body which gave us a great perspective on what's happening within the property market nationally and the construction sector specifically, uh, which was very, very interesting for the people there. And then the company that hosted the event called Ilke Homes uh, is a company that builds residential homes using modular techniques. Um, this really is disrupting the market. Yes, and it's truly sure. yeah. innovative, very quick and less expensive way of uh, a building and a good way of uh, increasing the number of homes that, that can yeah. be built that, that are affordable homes. So it was very interesting for the 60 people who came to that to, to learn something yeah. about yeah. innovation, but also to see that in the context of, of the marketplace at the moment. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to achieve with these Women In events, yeah. a chance to hear something that's important that you can take away in terms of um, news and, and interesting ideas, but at the same time network with investors, developers, architects, planners, yeah. interior designers, yeah. the whole gambit of yeah. that sector. And we want to do more and more of, yeah. of, of these kinds of events. So that's a spin-off, if you like. So and where do you get your ideas from? Is it from headquarters or you come up with them yourself in the middle of the night? Myself in the middle of the night. Yes. Short answer. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and what's your, um, what would you say is your biggest ch has been your biggest challenge in setting up this, in developing the franchise in Yorkshire? It is the diversity of the region, the diversity of the businesses, and the simple fact, business wants different things in different places. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you take, for example, Leeds, and the truth of the matter in our region is that Leeds is the engine. 
of, of, the, of the region, whether we like it or not. Some of us do not like that fact, but, but it is the truth. You know, in Leeds, we could offer, we could open group after group in Leeds and the demand would be there and there would be um, the kind of maturity of businesses yeah. that I've mentioned. Yeah. We'd be very happy to pay a membership network, which is what we are. In other places, there is less of that uh, dynamic where people don't perhaps feel that they would want to pay for a membership network, but would be happy just to go come along to a network and pop in and pop out of that network as and when. Yeah. And, and that's a different, that again is a valid offering, but it's not, not our offering. Uh, our offering is much more a business club, if you like, approach. So people join and, and they commit to work together, do business together yeah. and support one another. And it's single category. So it's one solicitor, one, one yeah. architect, one accountant, etc. And that is a different model. And it's not a model for everybody. So the, the challenge has been really in that the spread betting approach that I mentioned, mm -hmm. not, not every yeah. one of those comes off. So we, we're now at the stage of understanding that better, understanding where we work best and understanding where the competition is because yeah. networking is a very, very crowded market. You know, we work better in some places than, than others. Yeah. Uh, and that's the reality. And it's learning that reality. Yeah. And that takes a bit of time. So tell us a bit about what you were doing. You mentioned, you alluded to something uh, that you did before you bought the franchise. What were you doing before the so franchise? What made you buy it? For 25 years, mm -hmm. I was a management consultant. Um, initially on my own and then uh, set up my own practice over time and um, ended up with 16 people working for me at my practice in Leeds. Most of our, well, our work, a lot of our work was international, so um, we worked uh, primarily in Central and Eastern Europe and uh, our main client for that work was the department Government Department for International Development. Right. Uh, so we were um, commissioned to work in Hungary over many years and Ukraine, Poland, Romania, Bosnia. Um, Doing what? Poland. A range of different activities. Uh, in Hungary, it was mainly working with the Hungarian government, uh, largely the employment department, and that was in the run-up to Hungary joining the European Union in 2004, uh, which was the largest intake of, of countries in Central mm. Europe uh, at that time joining the European Union. And we supported the employment department in um, a whole range of activities. We, we trained their civil servants in uh, quality assurance techniques because Hungary would be the recipient of large amounts of money from the European Union. Right, okay. It was learning how to distribute that money yeah. in terms of employment projects to businesses, uh, the kinds of um, systems and procedures that, that would be needed, uh, how to do that. We uh, had large numbers of, of civil servants coming to the UK, which we brought over on study visits to look at sharing practice on, on projects here. Uh, that they, they could look at in terms of, again, systems, procedures, community engagement, right. uh, uh, unemployment uh, was still a recent phenomena in, in that country, as in many countries in Central Eastern Europe, the former Soviet Union, uh, because obviously uh, you know, former times, former times yeah. of theirs, there was no unemployment, everybody had a job. Yeah. Um, 
there may not have been work, but everybody had a job yes. to do. So uh, that whole concept uh, was was still at that time mm. um, in the early part of the um, this century was still fairly new. Uh, so uh, they we brought large numbers of civil servants across to look at employment projects in in the UK. We did the same in in Romania. Uh, so what happened? Well. Did you just get fed up, or did you just did you just sell it, or what happened to? So um, when the two thousand and eight Nine crash mm-hmm. came yeah. in in the UK. Uh, a large proportion of our work at mm-hmm. that time was working with the department, um, communities department, uh, communities uh, department for communities and local government, UK government yeah. department, uh, and also at that time uh, we were a large part of our work was working with local authorities and with local strategic partnerships yeah. and um, various development agencies. My particular background is economic development and the work that we got was in very much in that sphere. So, for example, I personally uh, was, was a part of a team of government uh, advisors working with Department of Communities and, and local government. So I would be sent to, for example, Bristol. Yeah. or a country or wherever in the country and told to work with the head of economic development in terms of their strategy, which the government considered to be a um, failing strategy on right. economic development. So yeah. I would be looking at their strategy uh, and working uh, out with them where it was failing and, and what what they could do to turn it round. Um, so... All that work in 2008-9 stopped uh, and um, I realised, obviously, that the writing was on the wall for people doing the kind of consultancy that my company was doing. So over time, I downsized the business uh, till it got to me and one other person and I uh, still did consultancy directly commissioned by uh, a small number of, of clients that uh, I, I was working with and then I decided that um, the time it was time to do something different yeah. so I started uh, looking around uh, keep keeping those clients but looking around for something new and some new challenges and one of my uh, clients had heard that um, this organization wouldn't in business she had a, a connection with a business in London and had heard through this Female-owned business in London about this this network and the fact that they wanted to move north, but but uh, didn't at that point have any any connectivity, any connections. And I was put in touch with the organisation, and the rest is history. Mm. Yes, yeah. meant to be. <laughs> meant to be. Yeah, fantastic. What a great story. Yeah. So, in terms of um, uh, your own pr- uh, development, I guess, and because you had that business, the consultancy business, and now. Your, what would you call yourself now? Good question. Very, very good question. Facilitator. So, I've always done, as part of my management consultancy, always been for many years done board away days and a lot of facilitation work, a lot of facilitation work um, generally, and mentoring as well. Done a lot of mentoring with, with senior people, private and public sector. At the time, not always labelled mentoring or coaching, but I realised that that's what I did. So I guess my business is in a a state of evolving as we speak 
today, 31st of May, and then moving into a different brand, which is She Business UK. Uh, websites in preparation at the moment. Hopefully, we'll be ready by. Is that national or is that your months. own? That is national. That okay. is mine. Right, okay. That is my own brand. And UK to represent that is beyond Yorkshire. Women yeah. in Business Network will be a part of that brand. Okay. An offer within yeah. the wider brand. The wider brand will be a platform for business events. Uh, primarily targeted at women. So we do anyway have what we call Women Business Summit yeah. each year. This year it's in November, last year it was in November. That's growing as an event. Um, we, as a result of that and the women in events I mentioned, yeah. uh, we've had people come to us and say, well, can you run that for us? Can you run that for us? And so that's where I think the growth of my business yeah. is going to be. So we're going to be putting a lot of emphasis on she business. Mm. Um, and that will be, I hope, a support for women in business yes. as well. Women in yes. business will be something that we offer as part of the wider she business. Yeah. And one thing one thing that I hope will add some value, for example, blogs. Yeah. We will be asking, and indeed you, I'm, I'm hoping, separate conversation to have with you about you doing a blog mm. for our new platform. And I want to offer that as an added value yeah. to, to some of our members who I think would be a great win for both, great for she business and, and hopefully for for their own business yeah. to be able to blog on this new platform. Great she idea, business. absolutely great idea, fantastic. Okay, so if you are giving one piece of advice to a woman just thinking about starting up her own business now, what would that be? When I started up in business, I think I was quite risk averse. My business is an interesting, was an interesting, is still an interesting business, the consultancy business, because it's the kind of business where you have a day rate and you yeah. can charge quite a lot as a day rate. So it's not a typical business, yeah. not a business perhaps where you're making something or you've designed an app or whatever. It's a different kind of business. So I was able to um, earn quite a lot and then look at the business and decide, right, I'm, I'm actually really good at, get, at selling and getting the contracts in. Now I need a lot of people or a number of people to actually deliver those contracts. Yeah. But looking back, I could have built a bigger business had I thought bigger yeah. and been more ambitious. My advice to a, a, a me starting out in business yeah. or an A and other starting out in business is think big. Do not think small. When I look at the women within our network, I see a lot of women who think just like I did, small, mm. not at the outset, yeah. not big. Yeah. My advice is think big, be ambitious, think about your business plan and where you might need to have somebody invest alongside, put money in, whether it be the bank or any other form of investor, maybe not now, but at some point. Yeah. And always remember this, it's other people that make money for you. Yes. If you're in the business all the time, doing the business, you'll only ever be a lifestyle business, which might suit you at this, or one, not 
looking at Ross at the moment, but it may not be Ross, thinking more widely. That might suit your personal circumstances if you've got young children or whatever. But if you've got a great business that you could grow, do think about the growth. Don't yeah. be risk averse and be ambitious. Excellent advice. And get a business growth coach. Hey, that's how about that. Especially if they're <laughs> Paul, it's been fantastic to have you on, on our show today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Paul has spoke about the time it takes to really understand the reality of your market. And the truth is, I see so many business owners plunge straight into business and marketing their business without taking the time to research and study who your target market is or target markets, because it may be that you have more than one. It's very likely that you'll have more than one target market. There are three key parts to any marketing campaign. You've got your target, so who it is you're marketing to, your offer and the copy, the content of your marketing campaign. Target is by far the most important. Because how will you know which marketing medium to use if you're not really clear about who you're marketing to? For instance, I see so many people rushing out to learn digital marketing. But if your target market doesn't own a computer, then there's not much point in doing digital marketing. If they don't read a newspaper, there's not much point doing a newspaper advert and so on. So we need to get really clear about who it is that we'll be marketing to. Think about how old they are. Are they men or women? Where do they live? What kind of shops do they go to? What kind of car do they own? What are their hobbies? Where do they go on holiday? Getting really clear about those kind of details makes it much more easy to decide the kind of marketing that you're going to use. So who is your ideal customer now? Do you have a favorite customer that you can sort of, you can clone and ask where they go? Where else do they do business? Do they go to a gym? Do they have an accountant? So all of these kind of businesses that you could use in your marketing campaign, where would you go to find more people like your ideal customer? So this is the stuff to think about. Having absolute clarity on who your target market is makes it much easier to market to. If you'd like to know more information about how I might be able to help you, please look at my businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk website, get in touch and join me again for next week's podcast when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss. Thanks for listening. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.